Show, transcribed direct from Hollywood, with Les Brown and his band of renown, our singing star, Margaret Whiting, our special guest, Henry Fonda, and here he is, Bob Hope. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Bill. Very happy to be back here. And out here in California, we're having some wonderful weather. I feel so full of vigor, I was just mistaken for Donald O'Connor. Really. I met Phil Harris this morning. He thought I was Donald O'Connor. Of course, he also thought it was last night. I really was mistaken for Donald O'Connor the other day. Two women passed me on Vine Street and one said, hello, Donald. She must have thought I was really young and fresh-looking because then she turned to her friend and said, Isn't that Donald Crisp? (laughs) And this is a wonderful time of the year for gardening. I'd be out digging in my garden like everyone else except for my tax setup. The way things are now, if I strike oil, I'm ruined. (laughs) This is the time of the year when gardeners plant things. Of course, Jack Benny does his planting all year round. I started a garden three weeks ago, but I haven't done much with it. Zsa Zsa Gabor's swimming pool is on the other side of the hedge. And you'd be surprised how little you can plant when you're standing on tiptoe. And did you see the automobile? Uh, the manufacturers brought out their new cars, you know. You can see them on any used car lot in town. One new car even has a television set in the rear window. It's very convenient for motorcycle cops. While they're chasing you, they can watch Dragnet. (laughs) And the new models are so automatic that pretty soon we'll have cars running around with our drivers. Of course, we've had that in California for years. (laughs) Altogether, it's been a rough week for me. Monday, I lost my wallet. Yesterday, I got hit by a truck. And this morning, I got a letter from Crosby. (laughs) You can always tell when Bing has left Hollywood. The Bank of America looks like a saloon in a ghost town. It's a very nice letter. I'll read some of it to you. Bing says he's staying a week in Ireland, a week in England, a week in Scotland, and four hours in Paris. Hmm. I know people get old, but this is ridiculous. (laughs) Bing has plenty of company in Europe. So many movies are being filmed over there. There's nobody left in Hollywood except Francis, the Mule, and Lassie. The three of us had lunch together yesterday at the Brown Davis. And, you know, foreign films are becoming very popular over here. I saw an Italian picture at a drive-in movie last night, and it was very entertaining. It was wonderful to be able to hear Italians speaking the Romance language and at the same time look around and see Americans acting it out. It gives me great pleasure to present one of our leading actors of the screen in the legitimate theater, the star of those fine plays, Mr. Henry Fonda, right here. Thank you. Say, it's nice to have you with us, Henry. Uh, you don't get back to Hollywood very often, do you? Only when I'm on tour with a play. I guess, I guess I'm a tourist. Not quite, Henry. To be a tourist, you have to wear an orange sports shirt and pink slacks and keep saying in a loud voice, what's so great about California? We have twice as much sunshine back in Peoria. 
<laughs> you know something? I've been in Peoria, and they do have twice as much sunshine. <laughs> Tourists. <laughs> anyway, Henry, it's wonderful to have you back with us again. And since you've been concentrating on plays, we thought we'd do one tonight, okay? Sure, that's fine. But there, there's one thing, Bob. What's that? Well, there's two of us, and a play only needs one leading man. You mean you're wondering what you're doing here? No. <laughs> I'm wondering what you're doing here. You sound like my sponsor, but I don't think we'll have any fun in that store. In your play, Point of No Return, there are parts for two men, aren't there? Well, yes, Bob, but the men are enemies. So what? You can manage to hate me for 30 minutes, can't you? Sure. Easy. <laughs> I'm not sure I like the way you said it. I mean just acting, of course. Oh, good. By the way, Henry... <laughs> unusual title, Point of No Return. What does it mean? Well, it means that once you've committed yourself to a course of action, you've got to see it through. There's no backing out. Mm, I had something like that happen to me once, Henry. I had to keep going right on through. What was it? Well, I got my finger caught in the ringer of our washing machine. <laughs> I was rolled out so flat when I got undressed, I had to scrape my clothes off with a putty knife. <laughs> anyway, Henry, tonight we're going to do our version of Point of No Return, so let's get on with it. I'm ready. This is the story of two men who work in a bank. Both are clerks and are competing for the job as vice president of the bank. Only one man can get the job. He'll be happy and successful, while the other will be bitter and disillusioned, his dream shattered. As our story opens, one of the clerks has arrived in the bank to start the day's work. That's me, Bob Harris. 39 years old and still a bank clerk. And in my class year book, it said, Magna cum triumphum magnifico, which is Latin for once a jerk, always a jerk. <laughs> in my job, I handle thousands of dollars every day, but I never have any money for myself. Piles of money all around me, and I'm broke. It's like living next door to Jane Russell and going steady. <laughs> I've got to get that job as vice president. All my life, I've played my cards carefully, made only the right moves. When I buy clothes, I get dark suits. When I came to this town, I joined the country club. And when I got married, I married a girl. <laughs> Conservative, that's me. I've got to get that job as vice president. Well, you've met Bob Harris, folks. Now let's meet the other clerk who has just walked into the bank and is hanging up his hat. My name is Henry Fremont. I think I should have that job as vice president. I handle a lot of money in this bank, too. And when the auditors were here last week, I wasn't a penny short. Partly because I'm honest, and partly because I was very lucky this season at Santa Anita. <laughs> I, I really need a larger salary. My wife and I can hardly keep up appearances. When there's a dance at the country club, I'm the only man there wearing a tuxedo jacket and blue jeans. <laughs> Our friends don't know whether I'm there to dance or fix the plumbing. <laughs> I'm practically certain to get the job as vice president because I don't have much competition. You've already met the other clerk, Bob Harris, so I don't have to tell you what an idiot he is. <laughs> Besides, Bob couldn't be vice president of the bank. He'd be more at home in a zoo. From the back, he looks like an overweight ape waddling along, and from the front, he looks like a monkey with a banana sticking out of his face. <laughs> oh, 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 here he, here he comes now. Morning, Bob. Oh, good morning, Henry. I've seen stupider-looking faces, but I don't know where. <laughs> How you doing, Bob? Oh, fine, just fine. What an egghead. <laughs> How can one guy look like Mel Torme and sound like Tallulah? 
Look at that sappy grin on his silly-looking face. And those vacant brown eyes. They ought to be staring... They ought to be staring over a fence at the Chicago stockyard. Say, stupid, uh... I mean, Bob. Uh, yeah, Henry. What's on your mind? Mind. I'm flattering him. He hasn't got anything in that skull except the empty places where his marbles used to be. You'll see. Mr. Harkins will pick me to be vice president. How can you possibly expect to win out over me? What do you mean? Well, it stands to reason. I'm more intelligent than you are. I had to be smart to get out of Harvard Law School. Yes, Harvard got a stone wall around it and guards with machine guns. <laughs> no. Then I had to be even smarter to get out of my school. What school did you go to? The Cleveland House of Correction for Juvenile Delinquents, Criminal Types, and Human Misfits. <laughs> I majored in all three categories. Bob, we're silly to argue about the promotion. Hey, look out. Here comes the boss. Bob! Henry! He's in a better mood than usual. He's only in a rage. What's the matter, Mr. Harkins? I'll tell you what's the matter. Harris, did you okay this loan for $10 million? Oh, that. Well, the company I loaned it to sounded like a reliable firm, sir. A reliable firm. It says here they call themselves the Society for the Care and Feeding of Motherless Pollywogs in the Asiatic Sea. <laughs> yes, sir, it sounded good to me. There was only one question in my mind about the loan, sir. What's that? What's a pollywog? And you, Fremont. Yes, sir? Can't you do a simple errand and get it straight? I told you to take the adding machine out and have it overhauled. I didn't say have it tuned. I'm sorry, sir. I'm very sorry, sir. Isn't the adding machine all right? No, it isn't all right. Every time I add up the bank's assets, it plays get out of here before it's too late. Well, I'm sorry, sir. Me too, sir. Is that all you can say, you hopeless nincompoop? You're sorry? Get out of my sight, both of you! Get out of my sight! Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, sir. Well, he's gone. He didn't scare me a bit. He didn't scare me either. You sure he's gone? Yeah. Well, let's get out. It's kind of crowded here in this wastebasket. <laughs> that songbird, Margaret Whiting, now sings I Believe, backed up by Les Brown and his Palladium Boys. Come in, Maggie.
believe above the storm The smallest prayer will still be heard I believe that someone in the great somewhere 